Welcome on this great Sunday morning. It's balmy out there today, isn't it? Anybody else get out of your car today and say, wow, it's warm out today, right? Anybody else think that? It's 10 degrees out there. Do you realize? I was like, wow, it's kind of warm. And I looked at my, my truck and said 10 degrees. And I thought, that is pretty sick. Uh, that I think 10 degrees is warm. And so, but it felt good today to get out there. I was working around my t-shirt and my shorts today. Uh, no, I'm just kidding around, but... Uh, Welcome, so good you're with us this morning uh, here again at Bridgeview Church, and I'm excited. We're starting to, to, with week two of our series, uh, simply called The Model. Now you say, what is the model? That's not Pastor Joe's former job. Still a good joke, by the way. I thought that was still a good joke, so I had to use it again because it's so good. But uh, no, we're talking about Matthew chapter 6, and referring to as commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Now, if you're raised in a Catholic church, a more traditional church, you probably grew up saying the Lord's Prayer over and over again and reading that or reciting that or maybe you had to go through catechism, you had to memorize the Lord's Prayer. It's certainly a good prayer to memorize. And really, though, the Lord's Prayer was better known as the Disciples' Prayer because it was Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. That was the idea here behind this. And it does kind of catch you up if you were gone last week or if you forgot. Maybe sleeping last week, whatever might be the case. Um, uh, The disciples heard Jesus' prayer. They heard him pray. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. An interesting question, certainly, isn't it? Lord, teach us how to pray. They, They saw something in his prayers. They realized that he did it pretty well. Something they were missing. And they wanted to know what it was. And last week we went through the first few verses of Matthew chapter 6. Turn there today if you would, Matthew 6. We went through, we stopped last week at today's text. Today's text is verse 11. Well-known scripture, well-known text. Uh, Our Father in heaven, you know, that goes through that part. And he goes to this place today where he says, Give us today our daily bread. That is, this morning, our text. And I like bread, and so I'm excited about this this morning. But as you turn there today, as you read that entire prayer, the entire Lord's Prayer, something becomes very obvious in this prayer. There's two divisions, and they're separated by two different words. The first part uh, in, this Lord, in the Lord's Prayer is separate, or this commonly seen as your type request. That's the word that you find there. Your name, your kingdom, your will. That's the first half of the Lord's Prayer. And then the second half, we covered that last week. The second half is the us request. Give us, forgive us, lead us. I find here in the scripture that Jesus is making a very clear, very interesting, very amazing discovery right here. That prayer starts first with the your parts. Lord, give us, or Lord, your name, your kingdom, your will be done. The nature of prayer starts first with with getting our hearts and our lives and our minds in line with God's way and God's heart and what God wants in our lives. That's the first part. It's, It's worshiping him. It's praying for his kingdom, his way, his world to come in our world and in my own personal life. God, that's what we want. And that, that we find, folks, is not just the thing we blow through to get to the good stuff. We don't blow through the first half here and say, well, that's pretty good stuff. We'll, we'll get through that and get to what we really want, right? 
It's all the good stuff. In verse 5 and 6 here, Jesus infers that there is going to be a reward to praying like this. And the reward is what? It's, it's peace, right? Peace that, as the word says later on in the, in, in the word here, we find uh, Jesus speaking in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. But let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. Jesus gives peace. I found in my life and ministry and counseling with people through some incredibly difficult times. I'm always amazed at believers when they walk through these tough times. I'm always amazed and I'm always just excited and just encouraged when people who walk through these tough times say, man, people don't get it. They don't understand. Uh, My family doesn't get it. They think I'm crazy. But right now I just have this incredible amount of peace. You know what I'm talking about? It's peace the world does not get. It doesn't understand that peace. And they're not crazy. You know, they haven't lost it. If that's been you, you haven't lost it. It's not crazy. The word here says that this is a gift from God. That peace God gives is a gift from God. And certainly it comes in part by, by praying and aligning our hearts to the things that God wants. And praying through the Lord's Prayer is certainly a part of that. We said this last week, but it bears repeating again. The the longer we spend on the your part, the first half, the first part of of the prayer time, as long as we spend on that, the bigger God gets and the smaller our problems become, right? And that's pretty amazing. And we have a tendency to want to blow through the first part and get to the good stuff. But again, it's all the good stuff. Prayer is not a great session. It's not a, a, a time for us just to knock off our lottery list of problems. Prayer like that doesn't build our faith. It, it, it puts a magnifying glass on our problems and it makes us frustrated. But make no mistake, we have needs, don't we? You know, let's be honest today. We're needy people, aren't we? We're, we're needy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a needy person. Okay, just do that. Some of you guys are like, you, I know, I'm married to you. You know, I know how needy you are. Or mostly probably ladies, but anyway. Uh, we're needy people, aren't we? I have needs and you have needs too. And let me lean in a little bit this morning because I want to give you a little secret today. And based on last week, you may not think this is, this is true, but it is. The Lord's Prayer is complete in its entirety, the your part and the us part. And you know why? It's lean in. Lean in seriously. It's okay to pray for our needs. It's okay. It's a part of the Lord's Prayer. It's all there. It's all part of it. It's okay to pray for our needs. God knows what our needs are and has invited us to pray for them because we're needy people. I find in my own prayer times sometimes I say, God, I'm just, I'm just, I'm needy. I'm sorry, but I, just, I have some needs from you, God. And the other day I was driving my, my, my daughter Michaela to school in my truck, and normally I don't do that because uh, I hate taking the car seats out of our van. So I'll just be honest with you, they don't leave our van very much, but our van was in the shop. And so if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like taking the car seat out was like the worst thing ever. And so I had to do that, and we're driving to school, and Michaela said, Daddy, where's our van at? And I said, well, the van is it's, it's in the shop right now, it's broken, it's getting fixed. And so she said, well, Daddy, let's, let's pray for the van. I kind of was like, that's right, you know, my, my girl, she knows how to pray. And so she just folds her little hands and begins to pray, Lord Jesus. And she's they're so cute. She said, Lord, help the van doctors make our van feel better, you know. And so she was, it was awesome. And she started praying like that. It was so simple. It was so real. It was so good. And, and then she said, amen. And she said, Daddy, you pray. 
And I was like, okay, and she said, no, Daddy, pray. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray. So I prayed over our van and just, you know, asked the Lord to, you know, to, 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 to work on it and, you know, to make it be better and all that kind of stuff. And I prayed over it and said amen. And uh, it's funny, incidentally, uh, we picked the van up later that day and nothing was wrong with it. Uh, the sound it had been making when I drove it there in the morning, <laughs> it was gone. The sound was gone. It has not come back since. And, uh, you know, I just was leaving that there this morning, but uh, I don't know. But, you know, we pray because we have needs, don't we? It's okay to pray. Not a day goes by without me being needy. Anybody else feel that way too sometimes? It's okay to do that. Matthew six eleven, give us this day our daily bread. This passage, this text, this idea right here, each of those words speak volumes. So this morning, we're going to focus today in on four words in that text. Give bread today us. Because give us this day our daily bread is more than just a prayer request. What it also is too is it is a prayer request. It certainly is that. But this morning, it's also an attitude that we can have when we pray for our needs, that God will really work, and I think that's why he puts it in here, that it's an attitude that describes a way of looking at life and looking at the needs that we have around us because we are needy. Again, tell your neighbor you're needy, but, no, but anyway. Uh, no, it's, it's an, it shows an attitude. Now, I have an attitude sometimes. Anybody else ever had an attitude? You just wake up in the morning, you're just like, man, today I've got an attitude. Watch out, stay away. You know, I have an attitude this morning. And, and I have those. Some are good, some are, some are bad. And uh, the other day, on, um, on New Year's Eve day, my wife and I woke up and we said, today, I just want to lay in bed all day long and not do anything. <laughs> like, just, let's today just, just relax for the entire day. That's what my wife said to me. And normally, I'd kind of laugh at her and say, yeah, right, you're going to be busy today because I'm going to make you busy. But uh, no, normally, we don't lay around much. We don't, we don't sit around too much in our house. But that day, I was in full agreement. I was like, absolutely, let's just lay around and not do anything today. So that's what we did. We literally did nothing for the entire day. Uh, we sat on the couch, and we didn't do anything. We watched HGTV reruns on Netflix, and we watched movies with the girls, and we read books, which actually is not nothing. It's pretty cool, but we read books, and we just didn't do anything for the entire day. Actually, we, we did do one thing. We had, to, we had to eat, and my wife was like, I'm not cooking tonight. And so she goes, let's, let's, let's go get Chinese. And I was like, but babe, they don't deliver. That means i got to get out of the house and got to drive someplace. And so we had this little thing, and she goes, well, just go do it anyway. So I, I did. I went to get Chinese that night. And, and so I did do one thing that, that day anyway. But, but it was just a day we just didn't do much. Because we had an attitude that day to set us up to say, today is going to be a day we just don't do Anything. Why do I tell you that story this morning? I tell that to you because during the day, my, my, my daughter Emmy brought me this little toy that had been broken. It was a little wooden toy that, that had broken. And normally on a day like this, my wife says, when I'm bored, my wife says a, 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 a bored Steve is a dangerous Steve. Uh, because when I'm bored, I usually find things to do. I find things to play with or tinker with or whatever. And so my daughter brings me this toy that's broken. And she said, Daddy, will you fix this? And I gotta be honest, normally on a day like this, I'd be like, absolutely, give me that toy. I'm gonna rework it. I'm gonna go buy some stuff at the hardware store. I'm gonna make the thing like run on gas, gasoline. It's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna rework that thing. But that day, I was like, okay. I couldn't resist because she was so cute, but I just took it and it was like this, I had this attitude that made me think differently about fixing my daughter's toy. 
You see, attitude makes a big difference, doesn't it? It helps us, it causes us to interpret information very differently. It shows us something that's very different. Attitude, you've heard the phrase before, attitude determines altitude. Attitude is a pace setter in every part of our lives. So I submit to you this this morning. It is vital and it is important that as believers and followers of Christ that we get the right attitude when it comes to praying for our needs. If we have the right attitude in praying for our needs, then we're going to get things, it's going to work a whole lot better for us. And that's, of course, why Jesus prayed the way he did and showed us how to pray the way that he did. And so this morning, the big idea for my message today is that give us, our, give us this day our daily bread is more than a prayer request. It's an attitude. We come to Jesus with as we pray over our needs. And I want to call it, I want to call this attitude, this one big thing, I want to call it daily bread living. That if we have four parts to daily bread living found in this passage, we are going to get prayer at a whole lot better level. So the first one this morning, part one today is a simple one. I'm going to build it for you today uh, because I like building things. I'm going to build a few today. The first part this morning is this. It's remember where good things come from. Remember where good things come from. Gratitude. Gratitude. Have an attitude of gratitude. That's pretty cool, right? That rhymes. An attitude of gratitude. That is the first part this morning. We find that today in this passage under give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. You realize that the food... The friendships, the car, yes, it's even the car is a blessing sometimes. Uh, your, your family, your friends, the people that you love, your job, all the things in your life that are just great things that you have about your life, and we all have something great about our lives, those are gifts from God. Now just pause and think back for a minute and realize those are gifts from God. God has blessed us immeasurably. Look at James 1:17. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Or consider the words and Moses, or words of Moses in Deuteronomy 8:10, when he says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Have you ever thought before how just amazing creation is? Now, I like food, and so I'm going to think about this in terms of food this morning. I like it. It's good. I like a good steak. I like a nice, you know, baked potato. I, I like it, but food is necessary for life, isn't it? We have to eat. It's, it's an absolute built, basic building block. You have to eat food to make it or survive, and, and food's great. We have to do it three times a day. I love bacon and eggs, you know. I love sandwiches. I love, every, I love, I just like food, but imagine God could have made it so that the only thing we could eat that could sustain life would be plain oatmeal, right? He, he could have done that. He could have said, you got to eat every day. Ha ha, you sinful people. you, you got to do this every day, so all you're going to get is plain oatmeal. That's all you're going to get. No sugar, no cinnamon, no milk, you know, no berries, no nothing, just plain oatmeal. I like oatmeal. I really do. I like oatmeal. And I like 
Plain is sometimes good. It really is and stuff. But imagine that's all you could eat, okay? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oatmeal. You know, you get up in the morning. What are we going to have? Oh, well, oatmeal. You know, what's for lunch today? Oatmeal. What's for dinner? Oatmeal. You know, you want a snack? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about some oatmeal, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, you, you want to have, you know, want to have, 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 have some dessert? Sure, absolutely. Some, I got some wonderful oatmeal topped with oatmeal, you know? Or you go to the, you go to the state fair. You're walking around State Fair, what do you have at State Fair? You have oatmeal on a stick, right? Because that's all there is. It's just oatmeal. That's it. God could have done it that way. You know, that would have solved the, the age-old problem between, between wives and husbands, right? Like, what, what are we going to eat today? Uh, what do you want? Are you hungry? I'm not, I don't know what you, what do you want? I don't know what do you want. You know, we go back and forth. Well, if it's all just as oatmeal, then that solves that problem this morning. But I don't want that problem solved because I like the variety that God has given us, Right? God could have done it that way. Think about that. But he didn't. God gave us a world that has amazing tastes and sounds and feelings and foods and all of that. And he painted it with a brush and a technicolor paint. I mean, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And, you know, someday the, the cold will be gone and we'll have the warm of a, of a sunrise on our face. You know, I mean, someday the cold will be gone and we'll see, uh, we'll see flowers. We'll see trees blooming. I mean, it is a wonderful world God gave us. And he didn't have to do it that way. But he did. Every good gift comes from the Father above. What a world of truth that lies in a simple word, give. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today what we need. The the blessing comes from God and it comes from his hand. In our house, we pray thanks for our meals. We are beyond blessed. We are beyond blessed in our home. We are beyond blessed in our nation. And Lord, thank you for the good things you've given us. Lord, I want an attitude of gratitude to color, to to be a part of the building block of the times when I pray and ask for things in my life. I want that to be one of the attitudes that I come to you with is, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Number two today, building block number two, that God will, will give us what we need. That one right here is contentment. We come with an attitude, we ask for things, with an attitude of contentment. It's interesting that in this passage right here, where it says, give us today our daily bread, it's interesting. Because what that does, and that, this should be challenging to us. It's challenging to me when I read this, because this does not tell us we're, we're invited to ask God for bread and not for cake, right? We're invited to ask God for bread, not for cake. The reality this morning is this, is that God invites us and tells us and promises us he'll meet our needs, but not our greeds. And where this gets a little bit challenging for us is that in our culture, we are surrounded by cake, aren't we? Well, not really cake, but we're surrounded by cake-like things. We're surrounded by things that we think we need that everybody else has around us that people are constantly having, but we don't have those things. It's so easy to get our eyes off of our needs and onto our greeds when we pray. If we can come with an attitude that says, God, I am content, I am thankful for what you've given me, it changes the way that we think about and talk about praying for our needs. Jesus has encouraged us to pray to God to meet our needs, not greeds. Take a look today at Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. It's a challenging, challenging scripture. It says two things 
I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Verse 8, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, verse 9, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Think about that for a minute this morning. Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of God. It's a challenging scripture, isn't it? We're from a very wise person, but a very wise man. Lord, give me what I need. Don't give me what I greed because, God, I'm concerned, and I don't want it to be the case where my, 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 my blessings crown you out and my, my, my poverty makes me, makes me wonder if you're really there. God, give me what, my, what I need. That scripture, that mentality, that heart, that attitude needs to be in my life and in our lives what drives us and what causes us. We come to ask God for needs. That this changes how we, how we see things. That attitude speaks volumes. I, I've got a, a big question for us this morning. It's one that I've, I've wrestled with over this week. And the question is this. If a blessing will crush you, is it still a blessing? If a blessing is going to crush you, is that blessing still a blessing? See, I don't know if it really is. I know there's been times in my life, I know I talked about this last week a little bit, but I'm going to talk a little deeper right now. There's been times when I've asked God for things and really wanted them and expected them and knew that they were things that were important to me, but yet I didn't receive those things. And I found actually times in my life when I've been in the most need, in the most difficult moments, those are the times I've grown the most spiritually. So if God loves me and if God has a heart for me and God has a plan for me, then if that's what God is, he knows my life, he knows my plan, he knows my purpose, he knows who he's going to make me to be. If that's the case, which it is, then what's better, God giving me all I ever ask for or God giving me what I need? I think sometimes we want to move so past and so far and so fast beyond the lessons he wants to teach us through and get past those things and get our greeds when we have to come back and say, God, I'm more concerned about my needs than my greeds. And in living like that and doing that, I think in many ways, that is the idea and that's the heart that he comes to us and say, church, listen and pray for your needs like this. I know what you need. I also know what you greed, and I care about you more than anything else. I care about more than your greeds, and I care about you enough to give you your needs. I'll share this morning a story of a friend told me in college. It's a, a challenging story, certainly, and he had uh, gone to a country, uh, when we were in college, uh, a country where it's illegal to be a Christian, and uh, he, he was there for a time, and he would go to these countries, and he would smuggle Bibles in. And uh, he would bring him into to these countries, and he would never get to go to church there, though, because him being there would have brought unnecessary attention upon uh, the church in this country. So he was never allowed or invited to go to services. He would basically come, and he would meet some guy right across the border in some kind of secret. I thought this would be so cool. That's like a CIA thing. You know, he'd meet him, he'd give him some handbags or some suitcases, and he'd go off and go back across the, the border. And that's what he would do until one day... He was invited to go to church uh, with this church. They had, I don't know why they did it, but he said, he said, I don't know why they did it, but they, they invited me. He said, I jumped at the chance. I was like, absolutely, I'm coming. So he stayed another day, and he went to church the next day. And he, they had to go through all these, like, secretive things to get there because it was such a, a, a sensitive country. And he, 
And he goes to church, and he said he walks into this room, and it's this small, teeny little room in a basement. He said to walk downstairs through this dusty, nasty, kind of dingy, dungeon-like place in a small little room. And he said there's hundreds of people packed like sardines in this teeny little room. He thought, man, if we had this in America, no one would go to church ever, you know. And so he was, he was down there, and he was, he, was, he was there, and it was quiet, not a word, not a sound, as quiet as could be. And he, he's down there, and the people are talking. He says, there's this love there. Just people were you know, giving hugs, and there was just a lot of love he felt there. And then, they, he said, and then they began to worship God. He said, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this. Because he says they, they lifted their hands, and they sang, but they, they, there's no words out of, their, out of their mouths. They just sang with, just quietly, you know, so you could... You could lead worship and not be able to sing, you know, it'd be great. But uh, he, he began, they began to worship and sing uh, quietly. And he said the spirit of God, the presence of God was just heavy and strong in this room. He said, I'll never forget it. He said later when the pastor got up to preach, the pastor began to, to preach and was just barely above a whisper. And people were passing back the words back to people behind, uh, further back down the road. So you could hear a lot of whispering going on. People would say, well, what was that, you know, going on and on and on. And they're, they're, they're telling what the pastor said because they couldn't talk out loud. And, and he said many people uh, didn't have the word of God. And so they would literally take the word. They would write down passages and pass the word around the people. In this church, he said it was, it was amazing. And he said at the end of it, he was so struck, he was so taken by what he had seen. He's like, God, if they only had freedom, if they only had this blessing of freedom, then God, what could you do with this church? So afterwards, the pastor greeted him. He said, Pastor, can I pray with you? And the pastor said, well, certainly. And so he prays with this guy. And the pastor knew some English. And so he prays with him. He says, Lord, I spent along the lines of God, give them freedom and give them uh, the blessing that, that we have so they can be a blessing and they can really reach this world for you, Jesus. And he prays his prayer and he says amen. the pastor says something I, I mean, never forget. He said, he said, he said, he said, brother, I have to respectfully decline your prayers. My friend, was, he has his attention at that moment. He said, he said, you see, I believe that the Western church has those things. It's made the Western church fat and weak. And he said, and this is a guy that had been jailed many times for, for his, his faith. He had been thrown in prison. He'd lost a lot of things. He had nothing. And, and he said that. And then he said, you know, to be honest with you, I think that our, our limitations in these things have what's made this church the way it is. He said, if that's the case, if that's how it takes, then I pray, Lord, bring it on. And I, he said that he came back and, and told us that story. And I have wept over that story so many times in my life. And I think in many ways, we don't understand what life is really all about. We don't get it sometimes because we are so choked by stuff and by needs and by things and by greeds. When God has promised to, to give us our needs but not our greeds. I've talked to a lot of believers that are walking and living in, in need and living in difficult times. I find so often we get so stuck and so caught on the, our greeds and then we lose sight of the goodness of God, that he is how he has provided for our needs. Number three today, the, the third attitude of daily bread living is, brings me, and this is a perfect transition here because uh, it's simply this. The third part is trust God will provide enough for each day. The third part is trust this word trust has taken a, 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 a huge uh, role in my life for the last few years as I've learned in a lot of ways that trust is such an important thing when it comes to faith and comes to knowing and walking with God. 
that part of my understanding of who he is is that I trust who he is. And I trust that his word is good. And I trust that he is able. That I trust him. When he says something, I say, God, if you say that, I believe it. I trust you. You can find this today in two places. Uh, Give us today our daily bread. We find a great example of this in Exodus chapter 16. Uh, You can turn if you want. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a long story. It's a great, great story. Uh, This is a story uh, that they count at the time when the Israelites had been wandering through the desert for many, many years. And they've been hungry. I mean, it's not years, but weeks. But they've been hungry and they've been... uh, complaining to Moses and complaining to God, saying, man, back in Egypt we had all we wanted. Uh, Send us back to Egypt. It's better there uh, under slavery than it is out here in freedom uh, with God. And and so God said, okay, I'm going to send them food. Of course, I'm just blowing through this today, but God said, I'm going to send them food. I'll I'll send them quail and I'll send them manna. It'll be so much and so plentiful that they won't possibly be able to see all of the quail because it'll be like a field just covered in birds. And that was the next day, and that's what God did. God sent a huge blessing upon Israel of quail, which was meat, and of manna, which was bread. So God met their needs in a fantastic, amazing, miraculous, awesome way. But then God gave them a, gave them a command and some direction on how to use this blessing. When he said these words, he said, okay, I've given you this blessing, but don't take more than what you can take for one day. Because I will provide for you every single day. And that's what he said. And he said, don't take more than what you, what you, what you need. Take only what you can use for your family. And then he said, uh, he said, if you take more, what you have, uh, the man or the quail, what you have will rot and it will mold and it will uh, there'll be maggots to invest your meat. And it would be disgusting and terrible. And I think just alone, the possibility of maggots being in my meat would probably say, I don't want to do that. But some people, and again, you've got to realize the temptation that they probably underwent at this point. This is the people that have been hungry for, and hungry for years, for a long time. These are people that have, had not lived with a lot, and all of a sudden there is tons in front of them. There is blessing that is untold in front of them. And God said, don't take all of it, take what you need. That would have been an incredibly difficult thing to listen to God, to trust God, that God will provide for them the next day. So that's what happened. Some people resisted the temptation and they took way more. The Bible says that some of these people had, were shoving quail meat and manna under their beds. They were shoving it in pantries. They were probably putting in their pockets. They were probably walking around with you know, quail sticking out of their back pockets. I mean, just, everywhere. They were just, you know, a lot, some people took a lot more than they needed. And they found the reality next day was the same thing, that there was maggots and there was, there was rot and there was all these things happening to what God had provided. And God was teaching them the same thing he's teaching us. That God is willing and able to supply our needs, but it comes on his terms. It comes as a day-to-day blessing. Now, I don't, I don't always like that because I like, I'm a planner. I like to plan things out. I want to have a a bank account, you know, I want a retirement account. I want, you know, to plan out my life. I want to know I'm going to have this point and this point. And, and, and I want those things. And that's important, you know, and such. And that's important in our culture, isn't it? But God simply says that, you know, that's not where our trust is placed. That's not where our trust is put. It's different than that. God says he'll supply our needs, but it will come on a day-to-day basis. You know, and that's it's tough because things happen, isn't it? 
you're, you're going along pretty good, saving some money, getting some things done, some, 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 uh, some goals met, and all of a sudden your car goes out, or a medical problem happens, or something else happens, and all of a sudden every plan, everything you thought, everything you, you planned on is now gone, and you don't have it, and you're like, God, what are we going to do? Anyone ever asked God that before in a moment of need? Say, God, what are we going to do? I have. I'm being honest with you this morning. I've said, God, I'm in a moment of need. Say, God, what am I going to do? What's going to happen here, God? But you know what? I've always had my needs met. I've always had the very basic things that God has needed. I've had the met. I've had the blessing of the world around me. I've had the blessing of, of good things, no matter where I've been, where I've been in plenty or in need. I've always had God's blessing. I've always had those things in my life. And the reality this morning is this. If we're going to get a daily bread living attitude, we've got to, li- got to get that God is moving us from self-reliance to God-reliance, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. It's actually a, a wonderful thing. When we learn that happens, that God will meet my needs. God, I can trust you through my difficult, most dark situation. And, and now does this mean we shouldn't plan ahead? No, it doesn't mean that at all. We should plan ahead. Planning ahead is, is biblical. And I don't, I don't get that. We'll talk about that someday because it is. It's very biblical. It's important we plan ahead. What this is saying this morning is this. And I want to give you a truth today. You should plan ahead, but you shouldn't worry ahead. I found a lot of times in my own personal life, the biggest plans I have, the biggest things I have, when a wrench is thrown in those places, I often find that worry is not far behind. And that worry takes me away and changes the culture of my prayer to not saying, God, I trust you, to God, what am I going to do? What am I going to, what's going to happen in my life? No, that's not the case here. We should plan ahead, but we shouldn't worry ahead. Why? Because God is trustworthy. He is trustworthy because he has promised to give, give us our daily bread. And the last part of our, of our components this morning, the last part of our attitude today is simply this one right here. We are, if, we, if we're going to get what prayer is all about, if we're asking for needs, prayer comes when we learn what it means to understand the value of ours versus mine. Generosity. Generosity is an important thing, an important attitude. We come to God in prayer. Lord, I come with an attitude of generosity. Look at the passage here today. It says, give us today our daily bread. Now, notice it doesn't say, give me today my daily bread. It doesn't say that. But maybe you're better than me, but i got to be honest, I've prayed this prayer before and said, God, give me today my daily bread. I, I, I oftentimes look at this passage or this prayer here and I think, I don't think in terms of our, I think in terms of mine. I think in terms of me. And this passage here, every time we pray this, every time we, we think this, we're encouraged to remember we all eat from the same table. God has placed upon us an amazing blessing and I my, my favorite sayings in the world, and it's challenging me right now in many ways, is we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Luke 6.38, Jesus reveals this idea when he says, Give and it shall be given unto you. 
to live with an open hand and to pray for our needs with an open hand. God, I need things. God, I want things. God, I have this in my hand. And so often we're accustomed to saying, God, give me these things. And when we get them, bam, our hands are closed. And you're not getting this out of my hands. I prayed for it all these years and I've asked for it and all this stuff. And I hold tightly to the blessings of God. And when that's my attitude, I'm missing out on what Jesus was trying to communicate to us in the Lord's Prayer. We all eat from the same table. He's called us to think and to live and to pray for our needs with an attitude and a heart of generosity. God, I'm li- I want to live my life with an open hand. And again, when it comes to needs, this can be challenging. I was at a, I was at a, a, a breakfast yesterday, and uh, they had asked for, um, uh, for an offering, and I was, you know, I was there, and I was thinking... <laughs> Don't tell you who I am, but my, my friend invited me to this breakfast, and I was thinking, hey, free breakfast. <laughs> you know, that's pretty cool. And so I invited this breakfast, and so I went, and it was, it was great. It was my, my friend's church down in the cities, and, and uh, was there, and, and uh, Steve Northern School and I went down. There was a fantastic time. We had a great, great time, and, and they asked for an offering, and I was like, I don't want to give an offering. This is my free breakfast. And God had to speak to me <laughs> what I was speaking today and saying, man, Steve, listen to what you're going to say tomorrow. Live a life, think about your needs in a place of generosity, of open hands, not closed hands. So often, that's how we want to think. The Bible has a lot to say about finances, and we can kind of sum it up in Biblical Economics 101. So we're going to go through four principles real fast today. Uh, first of all, and I think this is, this is a message someday. It's, it's kind of brewing in me here. But the first principle is everything you have comes from God. That's from down in James 1.17. Read it today if you read it when you get home today. Uh, number two, everything that's been given to you has been given to you in trust. Luke 12.48. Number three, the things you have are not given to you merely for your own personal benefit. Luke 6.38. And lastly, number four, what's been given to you in trust has been given to you so that in part at least you might share it with others. Hebrews 13.6. We are mega, mega, mega blessed. Even the most poorest of the poor in our nation are mega, mega blessed. We have our needs met. If you have, a, if you have two loaves of bread and you have, have them here and your brother is, as Jesus says, if your brother is hungry, you have two loaves of bread. One of those loaves is not to, to keep and not to hoard, not to hold on to with a closed hand. One of those loaves is to share. And the, 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 the passage and the pattern of the word so oftentimes is when we learn to live like that and think like that, then God blesses us with more. Now, again, it's not a, a, a faith, name it and claim it message where you, you want money and give it away. No, 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 no. I'm not saying about that. This is much bigger than money, much bigger than the, the temporal things of my, my checkbook. This is the blessing, living under the blessing of God, that my children serve God, that my life is cared for, that I have his presence in my life, that I that I get him, that when I read the word, I understand it, and it, and it jumps off the page to me when I pray and go to my prayer closet, and I open the door, and I walk in there, man, it just explodes. That's a life of blessing. It's more than just money. But God's called us to life like that, but he's called us to get there in part. We have to pray and think and live with an open hand, not a closed hand. The importance of being and thinking and praying and acting as a giver 
is an important building block to a daily bread living life. The band came up this morning, and as we close out today, to sum it up here, I want to sum it up with these four building blocks this morning, that these four things, these four vital, these four important parts this morning of, of, of gratitude and contentment and trust and generosity, that when we come to God and we ask God for our needs, again, remember the Lord's Prayer is simple. The first part, your. God, we come on your terms. We come asking for your will be, your will be done, your way, your, your heart. And then when I begin to ask for my own needs, I'm asking with an attitude that has four building blocks. These four things. That's what daily bread living is all about. If you pray this enough, your attitude will be right. And the daily bread living is where you'll end up. And that's not a bad place to be. Why don't you close your, head, close your eyes, bow your heads this morning. And you can open today if you, if you need to for what I'm going to challenge you with. But that's it. Other than that, keep your eyes closed today. And I want to ask this morning if there's anybody here today. And maybe you walk in this room this morning and you are... Not sure what you walked into. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I'm not, a, I'm not a believer. I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus. I don't have this daily bread living life. I don't have that peace you talk about. I don't, I don't get those things. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus this morning. Say, God, I want to give you my life. If that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to raise your hand right now. We're going to pray over you right now. If that's you, say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. That's me. Pastor Steve, this is, this is my day. I'm giving my life to him. It's you this morning. I want you to raise your hand. And we'll give a few more minutes today. And then we're going to close and move on to the next part. Today's your day of salvation, as the word says. One, two, three, four. All right. We're closing down. Heads bowed, eyes closed this morning. No looking around. Unless you have to look at our, our building blocks this morning. I want to ask you this morning, what of these four areas in your life it's God working on you the most to have the most impact on your prayer life. When you come and pray and say, God, I need some things in my life. What are, four, what are these four areas in your life are you right now just frankly missing the boat on? I know what mine are. I can tell you right now what mine are. I don't want to because that's me, but I have some things too. What is it right now that you are struggling through that's difficult for you? Because I'll tell you, if one of these things is missing from your prayer life when you ask for needs, is also going to be missing from your life in general. And when that's happening, you're going to be missing out on blessing and peace, as Jesus says in, his, in the Lord's Prayer. Go ahead, look today if you can. If you forgot, pick that one out. And that, that's you today. Say, God, I'm missing this morning. I'm missing generosity. I'm missing trust. I'm missing gratitude. I'm missing contentment. One of these things, and I don't know where you are in your life right now, but I do know this, that Jesus gives these kinds of blessings when we ask him for them. That's you. I want you to just encourage you. If you say, Pastor Steve, I have one of those things today. I want to encourage you to stand to your feet this morning. I'm standing not because I'm, teach, I'm talking, but because I have those things too. If you have at least one thing, 
You say, I need this in my life. I need generosity. I need peace. Or I need generosity. I need trust, gratitude, or contentment. If that's you, stand to your feet right now across this room. Go ahead and stand. And we are going to ask God together this morning and turn this place into a place of prayer, into an altar today and say, God, we are needy people. And I want you to pray like that today. Jesus, we are a needy people. Lord, we see every single day, Lord, the ways that we don't measure up. But we also see that you are a God that provides and that works. God, I need generosity, Lord Jesus. Lord, I need, Jesus, gratitude, Lord. God, across this room this morning, Lord, we need from you, Lord Jesus. There are some here today, Lord, that are walking through some tough times of finances or health or family or whatever else. Jesus, I pray over them this morning. And I ask and I pray that you would, Lord Jesus, take the difficulty and do what only you can and turn it around for goods. And teach us gratitude. Teach us trust. Teach us uh, contentment. Teach us generosity through our difficulty. And Lord, when we pray, we will pray with an attitude and a heart with these four things. Now I want to ask you to do one more thing today. If you're here today and you say, man, Pastor Steve, I'm all in today. I have one of these things in my life and I'm all in today. And I want to take a step of faith this morning. I want to encourage you to come down to the front, this altar right now. This place isn't magical. But there's something about a step of faith, a literal, physical step of faith. And we step out and we come down to a place like an altar and we bow or we lift our hands or whatever else that God really seems to minister and to work in us. If that's you today, you say, man, I want to take a step of faith and trusting that God will deliver me from this thing. If that's you, come on down front right now. Find a place at this altar, if you would. Find a place to kneel. Find a place to stand. Find a place to lay before the Lord, whatever it might be, and say, God, I need you to remove from me these things. I need you to teach me these things. Lord, I want to be this person. I want to be full of gratitude. I want to be full of, of generosity, full of this and full of that. God, make my family those things, Lord Jesus.